0: Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rutherford, and today I had the opportunity to speak with Ryan Bush. Ryan is president of International Church Planters. He is an author, a church planter, uh, just a Christ follower, husband. Uh, it was just a wonderful opportunity and a great conversation today. So, Ryan, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. I have uh, once I was excited when you accepted, and I've been looking forward to it. Part of what we're talking about today is just family worship. So I know mm-hmm. some people who are listening today will have a good idea of what that can look like or what it is. But for those who are not familiar with it, how would you define family worship? What is it?
1: Yeah, um, and I, I certainly needed that a few years ago for someone to, to just tell me my thought was, what are you talking about when you say family worship? That sounds strange. But uh, the simplest way that I can put it and that I've found to be helpful for folks is to simply say that family worship is when the head of the household uh, gathers his family together regularly to worship God through the regular means of grace or the ordinary means of grace. And by that, I simply mean just the the, the um, the, the things that have been prescribed in scripture. So we focus on really three aspects of that for family worship, which are, uh, which is the, the, the reading of scripture, um, the singing of, of hymns,
0: spiritual songs and prayer. Mm-hmm. So keeping it, I'll say simple, but it, you know, um, in terms of the pieces, but then uh, it can go very deep at that point uh, as well. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, simple simplicity doesn't
1: um, simplicity and depth aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, I think, True. I think sometimes we complicate matters. So <laughs> avoid the depth and keep oh. it easy, but stay on the surface. So, yeah, I, I think simple, simple worship in general, but simple family worship is the hmm. is best, not only for not only because I think it's biblical, but that makes it more sustainable. And we'll probably get into that a bit more. That was that was really what kind of catapulted me into this realm. Um, more is this idea of I need a simple resource and help to get me um, to keep me accountable, really, and and help me day by day.
0: That is true. That's powerful. Yeah, it's just that idea of being able to continue on with it. So mm-hmm. then you wrote uh, a guide to family worship. So can you tell us a little bit about? about that resource that you put together?
1: You know, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I'd say that I wrote it. I, what it says on the top is, or on the, on the cover, it says prepared by. And <laughs> I chose that intentionally because, yeah, what I really did was I took what others had done and mm-hmm. I put it in a form that was useful to me. It, it all started, this, the, the, the whole beginning of that guide started with just me about four or five years ago. Maybe not quite that, but looking for something that I could use, because when I was doing family worship, basically
0: what happened was this. I I don't know how far back you want me to go, but... but oh, no, just I, take us as, wherever you want to go. I'm, we're happy to listen. I, uh, I,
1: I became convinced and also convicted um, of the necessity and the goodness and my responsibility to shepherd my family in an intentional way. And of course we went to church and of course we would pray before meals and time to time we would have times of some sort of family devotion, but in terms of consistency and accountability, um, regularity, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And basically I I came to realize by God's goodness and kindness that I, as the shepherd of this little flock would be held accountable to their souls. Mm -hmm. There was nothing on earth more important in terms of the ministry that I could do than to make sure that their souls were were nourished and well cared for, mm-hmm. and there's no better way to do that than to lead them humbly and carefully, day by day to the means of grace. So when I started to do that, what happened was I, I got in this turmoil of, okay, what do we do today? I knew the simple elements: read, sing, pray, and that's simple enough. But what do we read? you know, should we read through a whole book? Do I need to prepare a, a message with it? What should we sing? Should we sing it a cappella? Should we sing it with a piano? Should I try to learn it on guitar? Um, sing it with a, you know, with a pre-recorded version? How should we pray? So uh, it was just like for a while I was excited. It was a joyful thing, but then it became this kind of burden and this stressful thing of trying to plan a mini church service every day. So I thought I need something that is solid biblically that will give us structure and give me accountability to where I can just pick it up. And if I have no time to prepare whatsoever, that it would be sufficient in and of itself to, to um, help me lead my family through family worship. So that was the Genesis of this, um, of this guide. Um, And I, I wanted the three elements and the, the, the other thing that I wanted to add in was this element of theological development. I wanted my my kids, my wife, to to know how to interact the, theologically, to know the, the foundations of the faith in a systematic way, to learn how to recognize heresy, learn how to recognize false teaching. So I, I, let me just sum it up briefly what I put together, and then you, you can ask some follow-up about that because there's, there's always questions about it. But what I decided to do was, Give a space for a, a, a scripture reading, and that's totally up to the family. And what we do is we take a book and we read chapter by chapter by chapter till we finish the book. Um, so there's the the space for the, um, the 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 reading. Then after that is a memory verse. So we work on memory each day, um, and then uh, catechism questions, uh, and that's part of the theological development. Um, and then under that, a short passage out of the 1689 London Baptist Confession. That's that's the confession that we personally hold to as a family. So just a short passage out of that. Um, then we move into prayer. And what I've done with the prayer is I've taken Puritan prayers and I've reworked them, made them a bit more comprehensible, I guess you might say, simple for, for uh, modern day ears and, and children. And, and then a hymn. And the hymn is printed in there, all the verses, and, and we'll sing that as well. So that's the basic layout of what I wanted for my family. It, there was a lot of trial and error in that in, tor- in terms of um, order and um, how long each section was. But anyway, that was, and, and what happened was after I finished it, I actually uh, made copies for all of the men in Kenya that we work with through the uh, International Church Planners Training Program. And I came home and I thought, you know, this might could be useful to others. So I just on my Facebook page, I, I posted the PDF and said, hey, I put this together. Anybody like to download it, use it, feel free. And um, 15 minutes later, um, someone from Media Grate
0: contacted me and said, hey, you want to publish it? <laughs> so anyway, here we are. Wow, that is awesome. I love how you're like, I've got this need, I see this need, I'm going to put this together even, you know, just for your own family. And then it's like, wow, share with uh, the men in Kenya, let's share it out. And then it, it just took, tr- it, it gained traction from that. So how do you handle, and this is one question I, I know with, you know, with my family, we've got, we've got three kids. Mm-hmm. They're now 15, 14 and 10. Mm-hmm. And so depending on the age range you've got, obviously you have different developmental levels, different understanding levels, um, how do you navigate some of that uh, in terms of, um, I mean, I, I still think they understand, but we're curious how you handled some of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, that's that is probably the, the most common question and um, objection that that I've gotten in terms of why a family hasn't done it or don't they don't feel like they can do it. And it usually, usually has to do with young kids, toddler Toddler age. Um, the question is, how in the world do you expect me to do <laughs> to do this? Do you see what I'm dealing with here? And thankfully, um, I can say, well, I'm I'm right there with you. I've got uh, I've got a four year old now. I've got fourteen to four year old. I've got five kids, okay. and um, I we started family worship in in earnest really when that our youngest was was a newborn, I guess, maybe even pre, before he was born. So, um, I've been through the stages, I'm going through the stages and it is, it is, um, it's an, it's an issue that we have to work through and think through almost daily. Really there's different strategies, I guess we might can say that, that, that I take in helping really accomplish two goals. One, keep family worship, um, keep it worshipful and keep it an an atmosphere where people are able to listen and focus and engage, but also do it in a way where even where the younger ones are um, not totally distracted just to keep them quiet so that they can also engage and learn how to participate in family worship, because there's a a real temptation to take your three-year-old and give them an iPad and say, here, you look at this, buddy, sit with us, but you look at this while we do family worship and just and just not include them. They're there, but they're totally disengaged. Um, each kid is different. Each situation is different. But um, I, I try to I try to assess where my kid is that day, and you know where my kid is developmentally, where my children are, and um, then do things that will help both keep the peace, keep keep the flow going in a, in a good way, but also um, help him engage. So here's one thing I do. The, the family worship guide that we use, um, every family member has their own. Even the four-year-old, he can't read, obviously. He's he's just now figuring out what words are, and he's recognizing some numbers now, but he can't read. He, I give him something to write with. He has his own family worship guide. And, um, you know, I, I need to, I need maybe, I don't know if you do show notes, but maybe I could send you a picture Absolutely. of some of these pages. Of oh,
0: yeah, that would be great.
1: Guide. Because we've been using the family worship guide, this, these particular books now for almost a year we're about to hit a year mark so we're talking about day after day him marking up in pages and these aren't neat underlined marks these are four two three four-year-old scribbles in here but what that does is one it keeps him looking at the book he's looking at the same stuff we're looking at so it teaches him this is this is a help to us in family worship and as he draws in it it helps keep him um from wandering off it helps keep him from um talking too much, which is an issue with my four-year-old, um, and it, it, it keeps him somewhat engaged. So that that's one thing that I do. The other thing I do that helps a lot is I make him sit right next to me. Mm. I, I try not to put that that burden too much on my wife. I, I keep him right next to me, and I, I, I kind of regulate him as we go throughout the family worship time. So when he's sitting next to daddy, he knows that there's a certain level, a certain standard of behavior that's expected, mm. and that there's consequences if he disobeys or is rebellious in different ways. So Anyway, those are two little um, strategies that I use with my younger one. Um, but I will say this we we cannot it is a it is a grave mistake to say, I'll start family worship once my kids are older mm-hmm. and they can they can understand more. Our, our little ones, the, the little lambs understand much more than we than we realize. Mm. If we give them big truths while they're young, they will grow into them. And the Lord will use that time um, of family worship to begin to prick their heart, to begin to soften their heart to the gospel. Um, we should bring fa- we should begin family worship with our children Um at conception, (laughs) before uh, praying for them. Because um, as a part of our family and in my care, I ought to do everything I can to to help to lead them to the green pastures of scripture, to the gospel, to Christ. And the means that that Christ has prescribed to do that are his word, the singing of spiritual songs and hymns and prayer. So why would I not even expose my youngest kids to that
0: I totally agree. I think that is um, so needed in our families, uh, especially you know for for husbands and fathers to take that step up and own that. I totally agree with you and, and I appreciate the the information not only for me but for for other people listening. in, it's like so how do I navigate we set the standard high we we know that God's word. Bears fruit, and mm-hmm. it is our calling really to equip our families in that way.
1: What one warning as well that I, I, I would give is resist the temptation to add in a bunch of extra things or even a few mm-hmm. extra things in order to make the kids like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a real danger in, in turning family worship into. Vacation Bible school or a backyard Bible club sort of setting where it's geared toward keeping kids entertained so that they will learn some things from Scripture. Now, there is a time and place for that, absolutely. But the problem with that, when we day in and day out make family worship about keeping kids entertained in a way that they can learn about Scripture, is that they learn that worship is about them. They, 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 they learn to view worship as a time where they have fun and are entertained, and it's enjoyable to them. And then there's some Bible verses, and there's some Christian songs as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying let's try to make it boring or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I think it's critical for families to to stick to the the simple elements of worship that, that that the Scripture has prescribed, not only for the good of their own souls in that in that time, but also as preparation to be. To be faithful church members in the future that would that will contribute to the needs of the church that will go to church with the right heart with the right right mindset, um, and to to fight against this sort of consumeristic mindset that, that really is creeping into a lot of churches today, and, and one other thing about my young one when, when he was three years old and and this being. Too difficult, maybe for young ones. We sing one of the songs that we sing in family worship is um, "Oh God, our help from ages past." It's an Isaac mm. Watts hymn, wonderful, wonderful hymn. Well, it, you know, it's it's a comp, it's a complex hymn. "Oh God, our help from ages past, our help for, for years to come." Well, one day I'm I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I hear that three year old singing the first stanza to that hymn, just just singing it to himself. Not no one's paying any attention to him. He's not trying to impress anyone. And, wow. and, and, you know, he, he he doesn't understand all of the theological concepts wrapped up in that first stanza, but he will. Mm-hmm. And it starts it starts now. And if those if those truths can begin to get embedded in his heart and his mind, even as a three year old, I imagine that the Lord can use that mm-hmm. to um, prepare him for salvation and sanctification.
0: Wow, that is encouraging to me i know it's encouraging to the listeners that that even at three years old even at two years old a hymn a verse god works in in them and we need to be cognizant of that uh, i was talking with a friend and just he he was praying with his two-year-old mm-hmm. and the the two-year you know he asked his two-year-old to pray and and he said daddy jesus loves you and it, <laughs> that Lord. is, I mean, that is gospel truth coming from the mouth of a two-year-old. And so hearing the hymns from a three-year-old, hearing these truths, they make a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that little little ones do better than old ones is hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've got a 14-year-old, 13-year-old, uh, 14 and 12-year-old and um, wonderful. They're They've professed Christ and growing, but you know, they're not, if, if we say we're going to have a shortened time, of, we're, we're just going to pray tonight. It's late. We have baseball games, whatever it is. We're going to pray together tonight and then go to bed. They're, they're not going to protest, but my four-year-old, he is not going to be happy that we're not having our full family worship time. And if we, if we, when I put them to bed, it, it is, I, I'm not getting out of that room um, because apart from family worship, when I put my two littles to bed, we go over catechism questions, we sing a few hymns, we pray. I'm not getting out of that room unless I go over the questions, unless I sing at least two hymns. That's his that's his base minimum. <laughs> and I pray, you know, sometimes I'm exhausted, brother. Sometimes I'm thinking I have got it's all I can do to get these kids in bed and I'm just going to go collapse. Well, when you've got a little four year old saying, Daddy, are you not going to are we going to do the questions? Daddy, you have to sing two hymns. Mm-hmm that's, that's accountability that, that will keep you, that will keep you on the path. (laughs) So, and little, little toddlers, um, they're, they're good at that. You know, he's, Mm -hmm. he, he gets in a routine. He finds, he finds Mm -hmm. joy in it. He takes comfort in it. He he sees that as my role and he wants me to fulfill that role because he, he's learned to depend on it and praise the Lord that my four-year-old depends on him singing and praying from his father to go to sleep. I mean, how wonderful is that? But, um, yeah, he he keeps an account. The other uh, funny thing is, you know, little kids. Rock of Ages is, is a is a regular in my house. Well, mm. for a long time, he thought we were saying Rocket of Ages, or Rocket. Okay. Ages. So that song, he's moved past it now. It's, it's a little bit sad to me, but for a long time, that was the Rocket song. He always he always wanted to sing the Rocket song. <laughs> anyway, some of the joys of of the little lambs in our home.
0: It is. That's, that is. It's the account. That is an accountability thing, you know. When they ask you, and it's like, oh yeah, because this is important, yeah. and so I need to make that time. Now I know for some people listening, I know some guys especially, they're going to be like, okay, I, I sort of get the format. I'm rolling with that. What happens when they start asking me questions and I don't know how to answer them? Yeah. um cuz yeah. i i know my experience um i've got some great um questioners in my family not mean spirited but just inquisitive and yeah. so i know other other people do too what what encouragement or what suggestions would you have for them yeah
1: well uh, my encouragement would not be don't worry that won't happen because it absolutely <laughs> will happen <laughs> prepare yourself Uh, And and by prepare yourself, I don't mean go to seminary. Uh, If the Lord calls you to, good. But um, you do not have to be a pastor. You do not need seminary or Bible school to be a faithful shepherd of your family. Um, You need the Holy Spirit, uh, new life in Christ, and uh, a Bible. You will be asked questions that you don't know the answer to. Um, The best thing to do in that case, and this is, any pastor will tell you this, um, this is true for Pastors, Sunday school teachers, and family shepherds—the best thing to do is say that is a wonderful question. I don't know the answer to that. Let me let me look up the answer. Give me give me until tomorrow, and then we'll talk about it. What you don't want to do is start shooting from the hip and talk around it for for ten minutes and really get nowhere, and then move on. Um, show humility and show uh, a teachability by modeling that in front of your kids. And then follow through with it. Go talk to your pastor, or look up, find a good resource where you can find answers for that question. Um, and then answer it tomorrow. But don't. There's no shame in not knowing. We're not God. <laughs> Does God know all things? Yes. Nothing can be hidden from God. Does your dad know all things? No. Nope. There's there's a lot he doesn't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's one of that was that's one of the catechism questions. There. Does God know all things? I, I'll say that. I'll I'll. Re- when they'll ask me of things like that, I'll bring those catechism questions back up and say, here's what God knows. Here's what here's what your dad knows. And we'll we'll work from there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but that is good, though. That's that. But like you say, it's it's a humility uh, where it's like, I don't I don't know, but but we'll find out. Um, and I think as guys, sometimes we we let our pride get in the way uh, and it's like, oh, I should know or. I need to be able to do the, all this on my own, and so I, I I love that that you're saying just just be humble, say I don't know, and yes. then go look. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And if you if you another good thing to do in those cases if you if you don't really know but you know where it is in the Bible, mm-hmm. say hey Timmy, that's a great question. Let's go over to Romans six here. I, I think I think Paul might say something to us about it, and then go look for it together. Model for them how scripture interprets scripture and, and how we go to the scriptures as our sufficiency and as, as the only rule of our, of our faith. Uh, family worship is a, I, I think some people might picture it as a church service and like, you know, you got the pastor standing up front, everyone else sitting quietly. And some family worships might go like that. That's not, that's not how we do it. Um, though we do try to keep a certain solemnity there and a seriousness, but there's a lot of interaction and, um, yeah. Everyone participates, so you know that that might be an obstacle to some some dads who are who are listening to this. They might think you know i can't you know I can't preside over a service like our pastor well it, it doesn't have to be like that it it can be much more informal and by informal i don't mean i don't mean um, not serious it can be less formal and still be serious and god honoring
0: and that's an encouragement to me too. It is serious but there's some relaxing to it, sitting around the living room, sitting around a bedroom, everybody just sitting together, reading, going through material, singing. That's, that's a beautiful stage to set. And I'm sure it takes the pressure off of people, too. When they hear that, it's like, oh, OK, it doesn't this is what it can look like. So, yeah. 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 yeah and you
1: said the bedroom, wherever we do family worship in the car on the way to baseball games uh We do it at at Grandma's house. We take family worship, guys. Also, if you have someone over, this is wonderful ministry to visitors and a way to show hospitality. And include them in family worship, mm-hmm. and and don't even give them the option um, because they might be a little bit confused. Now, if it's a if it's an unbeliever who might be hostile, yes. But but otherwise, just say, hey, we're about to have family worship. Come and join us. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have, like we mentioned at the beginning, they don't, they don't have a, they really haven't practiced it. They don't know what it is. If you can model for them simple family worship, that's a form of discipleship. And you might just be helping a dad or a family to begin to begin that practice themselves. And I tell you, I'm, I'm an evangelist for family worship because not just because I think, oh, you have to, you have to do this to be a good Christian, but because my I, I have been so incredibly blessed. There has been so much joy brought to our family and to me personally through through this practice. And I'm just thinking, man, everybody should do this. Not again, it's not a legalism thing. It's not about it's not about, hey, you know, check off this box. It's like, man, I, I hate that I missed it for years. that I neglected this for years because, man, I was missing out on some incredible joy and um connection with my family. Um, and just some sweet times of worship. Now, I also want to qualify that. There are some times, and these are sweet as well in their own way, but there's sometimes where family worship is just hard. Maybe you just had an argument with your wife, maybe the kids are in terrible moods, maybe you're exhausted, maybe things didn't go well at work that day, and you your your heart is you've got some anger there or something like that. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't go well and you know it feels awkward. That's okay. Do it anyway. And when it ends, it is what it is and move on and do it again the next day. Don't feel like you have to have this glorious, you know, uh, glitter falling from the vents and the the chorus of angels happening every time you have family worship. Sometimes it's just plodding through it. But things that matter to us, things that are important, we do even when they're hard. Um. If it's worthwhile to be a Christian, it's worthwhile to do it in earnest, and this is a part of that. We we keep going even when it gets difficult.
0: Well, I appreciate uh, that encouragement. To me, uh, I know to others that it's not um, this. It's not always this sort of warm and fuzzy blanket kind of feeling. Sometimes it's it's putting in the work, but it is it is the best work we can do. Yep, that's right. That's right. Well, I hate to cut our conversation short, but I know we're, we're running towards the end of our time. So if listeners want to know more uh, about you, about International Church Planners, uh, about your resources, uh, where would you like them to go?
1: Yeah, probably um, probably my website, which I don't update as much as I should. But from there, you can kind of see everything else. It's, the website yeah. is gospelincontext.com it's just my personal website and from there you can get to my facebook and um international church planters um i'm probably most active on facebook uh, i've done some some live q a's with family worship and also do some work with hymns of course the the, the missions work with icp mm-hmm. um so yeah go through gospelcontext.com and feel free to contact me personally directly send me an email Uh, that's gospel in context at gmail.com. And I'll say this, if you, as I mentioned, I'm an evangelist for family worship. If you, if you think, man, it would be really helpful if I could ask him a few questions about family worship, if that, if that's what you need to get you started, send me an email and we will set up a phone call and we'll get that worked out. I want to help you with that. And if you have some sort of financial constraints and you feel like the guide to family worship can help you, but you just Stru- just the finances aren't working for that right now, let me know and I will um, do whatever it takes to make that happen for you. I-, I want you to experience that blessing of of gathering your family together to worship the Lord.
0: Well, thank you for sharing the contact information, everybody listening. All of that information is going to be in the show notes. So you can go in there, access the website, as well as any of the other links uh, mentioned. Uh, so you can check it out access it. It's great stuff. Uh, and so I would encourage you to do that. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate it. I know our audience does too. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. It's been good to talk to you, Eric.